today's show is a discussion on eliminating tip culture in the industry with Chef Adam Hindham-Smith of Dispatch Restaurant in St. Catharines and Chef Eric Robertson of Restaurant Pearl Morizette in Jordan Station, Niagara, Ontario. We discuss the benefits of eliminating gratuities in favor of an all-in price structure and providing a living wage and security to industry staff. We cover the challenges of implementing this plan, changing patrons' perceptions of value and service, and how this can help preserve the future of the industry. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. I'm Kip, your host. This is Dan. What's going on, man? Hi, man. You're another, another day in the life of awesomeness for me. So mm-hmm. no change there. But yourself? Oh, just the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the exact good. Opposite. Well, at least the consistency I, is yeah. key. So you, I work in the service industry. It's all yeah, downhill. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> okay, we have a really interesting episode for you today. We're going to try something a little different. We have a couple people joining us to do a bit of a roundtable discussion on tip culture in the service industry. I think it's going to be pretty fascinating. A couple ways you can help us out are, that are very easy. If you like the show, subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcast, the industry podcast, and uh, rate us, review us. It only takes a couple minutes, and it helps us out a lot. Lots of good stuff in the archives if you want to go back and take a listen to some of the previous episodes. Mm -hmm. As always, if you want to be on the show, then just DM us at uh, the industry podcast on Instagram, and that's the best way to tell your story. We also would like to give a shout-out to at Zach Hanna Designs, at A-K-H-A, Double N A H. If you like the artwork that you've been seeing on our Instagram, that's all thanks to our good friend Zach. Uh, so thanks as always, Zach. Okay, let's just get this started. We we got a lot to talk about today. As I, again, we're on a specific topic today, which is a little different for us. But the topic is tip culture in the service industry. Good, bad. Need to get rid of it. Let's find out. Uh, so we got a couple guests that we're going to bring in. First, uh, we have Adam Heinem Smith. He's the executive chef and proprietor of Dispatch named one of the En Route magazine's top 10 best new restaurants in Canada in 2019. And uh, that's in St. Catharines, Ontario. And they have been running a no-tip policy since opening up. We also have uh, Eric Robertson, who's the chef and of uh, the restaurant Pearl Morissette in Jordan Station in Niagara. Uh, he, th- this is a restaurant that's also opened up with a no-tip culture. So they're going to bring us a unique perspective on whether that's working, and, and and let's see if it works in all forms of the industry. Okay, uh, so guys, how you doing? Thanks for doing this. Yeah, good. Pleasure to be here. Okay, uh, well, let's just jump right into the conversation. Um, so I'll start with you, Adam. You guys opened up with the no-tip culture, and just give me a general overview of why you made that decision and how you think it's working. Uh, we made the decision based on the fact that uh, I come from a country that doesn't have it. Right. Uh, so um, coming into North America and seeing uh, seeing what what the tipping model is didn't sort of sit well with me. Um, and you know this this industry is a profession uh, and uh, a respectable career path and. We just wanted to, uh, you know, try to instill a, 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 a new direction for our industry, a more sustainable, uh, inclusive and, and uh, fair industry model. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, how is it going? Like, do you find, like, how, do the, how are you, how's it working for the staff? How's it working for the guests? 
Uh, yeah, everything worked. Like we put a lot of time and effort into how we were going to put the message across from the from the get go. Um, we knew that was going to have to be a very strong point. Um, it was uh, hit and miss at the beginning, but for, you know, definitely on the on the more positive side, um, was very well received. Uh, there, there's always occasions where um, some people didn't agree with it, um, but for the most part, it was always positive and and you know, it's, it got to the point where people would search it out, um, and, and would make comments saying, you know, we respect the fact that you're doing this, um, from a staffing standpoint, we discussed, uh, the fact of whether or not we thought it would make, uh, the hiring process more difficult. Um, our, our common, um, decision was that it will definitely uh limit how many people we would see uh but what what we thought would be that the ones that were applying would be the right ones and and that's sort of how it was so when when the applications were coming in it was you know people that knew what we were doing um and wanted to be a part of it and uh you know shared the same sort of uh mindset as us so it it made it made for the right people coming through the door, which was which was really good. Okay, uh, all right, uh, Eric. Same question for you. Uh, what was what went behind the, the decision process um, to start with a no tip uh, work environment, and also how's it going for you? Uh, so for us, it was um, you know because I also share the role of chef with uh, my partner in the restaurant, Dan Hedida, who's uh, not joining us today, but. So really for us, when we were setting up a uh, restaurant for Morissette, it was, we, we wanted to, you know, point out a lot of the different things, maybe not point out, but wanted to address a lot of the different things that we found frustrating as young cooks, you know, coming through different restaurants. Uh, so, you know, just the way, and one of those was, uh, yeah, the tipping structure more than anything. Um, and so at the time, you know, we had a, a we have a, investor that you know believes in our our vision and has been very gracious to us and so what we were able to do is we had a blank slate of a restaurant essentially and so what we wanted to do was make address those changes uh so really for us it was pretty simple because you know much like adam uh, i spent a lot of my career over in europe where you know if it was a, a table that was you know really generous they would maybe tip a euro or two on uh, you know a three hundred dollar three hundred euro meal or something, so it really wasn't it really wasn't uh, part of the culture at all the tipping, and so uh, and you know those restaurants ran fine, uh, mm-hmm. people showed up motivated for work, people gave great service, and you know it, and it was there was uh, a great camaraderie between uh, uh, there it, there wasn't the same wedge that you know I kind of felt sometimes between front of house and back of house in. Um, in uh canadian restaurants um and so really you know it was kind of a no-brainer but then as you start peeling back that what seems like a no-brainer you know there's a lot of layers to that and there's a lot of uh, different issues that come up from that and so what we uh what we did and, and really dan uh championed this quite a bit was uh reaching out to uh bruce mcadams from uh university of guelph a professor there that um he he's done a, mil- a bunch of ted talks on uh no tipping structure and uh really was a great resource for us because he had worked uh, through and kind of got feedback and studied 
this across uh, multiple different ones, not just the, you know, for for Adam and me, you know, small restaurants in Niagara. He, you know, he is Earl's uh, pitched this and why it didn't work for them, or like kind of these larger chain restaurants and and why uh, it was a success in messaging and not and and kind of uh, helped us kind of develop what what we were going to say and and you know how to really stand behind it and so it's been it's worked out for us um you know because you know guests appreciate it um you know we wrestle with it from time to time but you know for for a guest you're paying less for good service and a good meal so why would you you know you get the odd um you know alpha that wants to come in and throw some money around at a table and they they insist on tipping or whatever but you know for us we just address that with spreading it evenly amongst front of house back of house dishwashers everyone that is involved with the the service of the restaurant so um but for us you know it, it's uh it's worked out and you know it, it's something that uh you know we do believe in and i think it's it's led to a very uh you know a good camaraderie or equality amongst uh, all the staff of the restaurant so okay. yeah. Uh, so I have a couple of questions to piggyback on what you just said there. One is a process question, sort of, and I'll let either one of you jump in or both of you jump in. Um, so how exactly are you enacting it? Like, obviously, if you are um, eliminating the tip culture, you need to pay the servers a higher wage. Uh, some That cost has to transfer onto the guest in some way. How do you position that is it like an autograd or is it like just worked into the price of the because i know some places just do an autograd and they continue they consider that like no tip culture um or are you just working into the price of the menu items we we work at uh sorry (laughs) Uh, we 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 work it into our price on the menu and uh um i mean in the end of the day it ends up costing us as a business more money to to operate but we're also feeding back into the community more uh as a business from that standpoint but um yeah we we just build build it into the price and that's that's the the simplest thing and then and then you know we just work on making sure that the this the what we're reimbursing our staff for, for for their um for their professionalism in, in, in their career, we're rewarding them uh, how they should be rewarded as professionals. Uh, and that's more on a, um, a fair structure across the board. Mm-hmm. Eric? For us, we, uh, you know, we, we pay everyone's salaries and we, uh, we pay a salary that is you know, reflective of the, their experience and, and we, we make it work from there. If it's, we, we build it a little bit into the menu price, but we don't want to, again, we don't want to have uh, it's not like we we pay crazy high salaries or anything like that everyone's everyone's working you know sure some servers could be making uh more money in toronto you know last year with uh you know making downtown toronto making crazy tips and you know but at a server's uh minimum wage essentially but with salary we we focus on um, you know, our RSP contribution, we focus on benefits uh, across all of our um, our staff members. So we make it very much uh, investing in them as professionals and investing in, uh, you know, kind of uh, a bit more of a professional culture rather than kind of like, hey, come in at 
bare bones and yeah, you, you better hustle to make some tips. You know, that right. goes, it's kind of a, a little bit, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I think a lot of that was highlighted in March when, you know, you know, a, a uh, all of our staff members were able to collect high EI or, the, or max of their EI and be able to not really feel the crippling effects a lot of uh, you know, this this drastic change that I imagine a lot of the service industry felt mm-hmm. in uh, you know a lot of those uh, those other restaurants. So um, yeah, I didn't mention that well before we came on to record. Uh, so I'd like to get both your perspectives on that as well. Like, does this as what has happened to us during the pandemic, that's really brought this to the forefront. And do you guys feel even stronger about the fact that the no tip culture is the way to go now that we've sort of seen how a pandemic can rip through the industry? Um, <clears throat> you go, Eric. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can call you guys out individually. Eric, no, no, oh. <laughs> I, I think, I think, uh, and I think, with everyone taking a little bit of a step back or a forced step back in, in March, you know, it's, um, and definitely even still today for a lot of restaurants, I'm, I'm kind of speaking like, cause we are, we are open and, and functioning, mm-hmm. uh, out on our outdoor space. So it's, it's uh, still a little bit business as usual for us, but it's, um, we definitely force everyone to take a step back and look and, you know, maybe it's just, uh, the social media that I follow, but it was definitely more of a conversation and even on, CBC radio and stuff, I, I, you know, I was hearing these questions come up about tipping it and, you know, people talking about, uh, the industry. I forget who it was. I think it was, uh, John Sinopoli from, um, uh, Ascari, uh, group in Toronto. And he was breaking down pretty much on CBC morning. It was like, you know, the, the margins in which the restaurant work in and, and everything like that and, and kind of going, you know, the, this is how much you need to make and this, how much. And I remember just thinking, driving into work and it's just like, if I was any other industry listening to this, I'd be like, what are these people doing? Like, mm. you know, if you're a carpenter listening to that, you're like, what the hell? Why are you charging so little? <laughs> or what? Yeah, yeah. Stupid business model guys. Like, yeah. Uh, mm. And so, you know, I think, uh, I think there will be, uh, you know, maybe a, a change. I hope there will be a change with, uh, you know, th- with a little bit of restructuring with, of restaurants over the, the next few months or years or whatever. But, uh, you know, I also just hope that one thing that I also take offense to is, um, the kind of devaluing of, uh, food as well too. And, you know, I just hope that this, well, when everyone's trying to catch up, uh, after this year or so that it doesn't come to this race to the bottom to, you know, get, uh, make a, make a quick buck again. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, so, a, that, that's a serious thing to think about. Adam, you were kind of laughing there. Do you want to jump yeah. in? <laughs> I'm not laughing at the situation. Just no, 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 I know. But, <laughs> um, I, 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 I sort of I, I laugh because what, what Eric just said and when he used, when he used the term devalued, it's, we, we, when we were having a, um, a yak before we, uh, before he kicked off the show, I used the same term. It's like it's one of the, one of the most frustrating things about what, what, we do with our industry here is is how how much time passion love and and creativity and you know heart that we sink into this and then so much of it just gets devalued um be it work or just how how little value um the vast majority of people put on food um and and you know it's it's ingredients are getting more expensive it's getting harder to put food on the table um for people at home and and you know the pandemic cracked open all the all the shortcomings um 
not just of our industry, but of, of society and the way things are set up for sure. But supply um, chain, the whole deal. Yeah, like yeah. It, this. It's it's as much as this has been absolutely devastating. It's been a huge, huge positive um, because this is essentially a gift horse, and we cannot kick this gift horse in the mouth. Like we have an opportunity to. Um, to seize here and, and try to fix things and, and, and make things better. And if, if, if we fail to do that as an industry, when it, like, I don't know how to, how to sort of like, we, 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 we cannot waste this opportunity to make things better for, uh, for the industry and, and the professionals that work in it moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to eventually Dan and I are going to jump in and play devil's advocate for just a little bit on the whole idea, just so we can, uh, you know, yell yell at each other or whatever. (laughs) But um, I just touching on what you said there, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, sort of what we were talking about before we came on, which is the demeaning role that the server position plays in. in North, in North America, where it's like it's not deemed as a as a proper profession. Same with chefs, cooks, as opposed to like people who work in the quote unquote real world. And we, I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times I still hear that. Oh, I got a real job. I'm not I'm not serving mm. anymore. I'm not cooking anymore. I got a real job, mm. and, which I always just find so degrading and insulting yep. every time I hear it. Um, so talk to me about the role that the tip as as a as a reward slash salary plays in that you go adam go ahead (laughs) no you you take it you take the first one um so yeah for us like you know um i just i've just never approached the career like that so and you know that also being said i've i've been in restaurants where it's never luckily i've been in restaurants where that's never really been the case so much or you know so much of the conversation I, i know that the a vast majority of my coworkers have definitely stepped aside from and from professional cooking and and take on other careers and stuff. But you know, I, I can't. I don't know because I've never been uh, you know any other industry with the turnover is like. But I, I know a little bit of the statistics and yeah, like it is uh, a kind of you know or it has been a low education job that you can you can kind of jump into and restaurants are always hiring and so yeah, you do kind of have those things. But as, as far as the the tipping culture, I think it's a, it's a lot into the the culture of the workplace to enforce that, you know, and uh, kind of make the change for that. Like, you know, I don't, we don't have tipping in our restaurant. We also, you know, the guests that we have are are very respectful of our staff, and 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 uh, you know they wouldn't be sitting at their table if they weren't. So, and that comes from, you know, across the whole the whole management is just kind of making sure that uh, professionalism and respect is there. And, and, you know, we don't really have too much issue of that, you know. And Adam, what do you think about this? I know we were talking about it a little bit before we jumped in the, on the show. I know you have some things to say, so have at it. Yeah. Um, like not, not, not coming, like growing up and, and working in, in a, in a country that we just don't experience that. Um, uh the restaurants that I worked in, it was, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a team. Um, every, every single person's turning up They're they're there. This is their career. They're, 
um, their livelihood. They're, you know, they're putting everything they can into this. Um, I'm not saying that there isn't high turnover in, in other countries. 100% there is. This is this industry is renowned for burning you out. It burnt me out. Um, it's burnt me out on a, on, on, on a few occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, definitely like getting over here and, and and stepping into the to the culture over here was was very eye-opening and and um i you know i i don't want like i don't i don't want what i've experienced in certain restaurants to be experienced by other people getting into this industry i love this industry uh too much um this industry influences um, you know, deep into the community, um, and we we need to find a way to to nurture uh, the people that come into this industry and, and start their careers. Why why are we making it, and why are we allowing it to be such a cancerous environment that it's burning and destroying people uh, and forcing them to change their careers? That's that is not right um you don't you don't see that in in any other industry um you know we we should be asking those questions why the high turnover what what is causing that what can we do to change that what can we what what can we do to create an environment where we're setting up the people that come into this industry um to be able to succeed later on in life um we should be creating a a friendly and um uh you know nurturing environment and 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 a safe environment for everybody so that they they want to be a part of this and stay a part of this the whole way through um not get to a point or multiple points throughout their career and go fuck am i doing why am i doing this like this is this is breaking me like there's Mm -hmm. you know the, the the mental fallout and 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 this is the mental fallout before COVID hit. Yeah, was, was we, we, devastating. Adam, we already did this before we got on recording. We can't go down the COVID rabbit hole. Yeah, this is going to be yeah, yeah. This is going to be Jonestown situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's like we 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 need we need to break away and we need to create that thing. And that's and creating that environment, getting rid of that the toxic toxicity, creating a sustainable. Um, business model for this for this industry to be able to 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 nurture everybody that's within it uh from the guest perspective and i'll um i know you guys are working back at house chiefly but i'm sure you hear it from your front of house staff from the guest perspective there's always been like a bit of a power dynamic for the guests um in this situation where they kind of control how much money you're making based on how well they're being served right um the do you I also feel like a lot of guests, not not the good ones, and certainly not the majority, but a lot of guests use that power dynamic as a way to save money on their night out. Um, so how do you think, like, is it, I guess what I'm asking is, do is it just, is this all just about re-educating the guests to the new normal? Or is it... Um, or are we going to lose certain guests because they they lose their ability to kind of make their meal cheaper by eliminating the tip portion or degrade people by withholding tips? And do we just not care and fuck those people? Um, for 
one thing I wanted to say as well too, as uh, you know, kind of uh, thinking about you know points that Adam and I are touching on as well too, is that just highlighting as well too, like we're we're a very small percentage, a very kind of niche restaurants in a very small percentage of the overall hospitality industry, and like a lot of the no tipping and a lot of this uh, reform needs to definitely be brought on by a lot of the different chain restaurants as well too, like uh, and that's and you know. You can have a couple, you know, I guess avant-garde, if you will, the restaurants that are, are making those change. But, you know, really the the overall one that's going to hit, you know, a lot more people is, you know, you get an Earl's or you get a Boston Pizza. You get one of those ones kind of having that as their structure. And then you can really build out the business plans from there for a lot of other smaller restaurants that might not be in the place of, you know, or as, um, you know, uh, you know, I opened as, uh, you know, Adam or, you know, that you know can can make these changes you know like uh, you know there's mom and pop restaurants all over you know my neighborhood and you know are they the ones that are going to be you know they're not going to be posting on their instagram that they're no tipping or whatever no one would really care or, you know or that wouldn't really hit a lot of people and really make an industry-wide change but that i think it needs to happen with larger restaurants as well too and then you can kind of have a lot more reform along the industry so let's say for instance uh, like me at my small place in kitchener if I just boldly decide to make this no tip move uh, and nobody else decides to do it in the whole community around me, does this put me at a major disadvantage? Are people just going to go to a place where things are cheaper because they can, because the, they're not having to work in the wage, uh, the, t- the no tipping into the wage, like, and, and then that comes across on the menu? Uh, so it does, it, I guess my question basically is, does everybody have to jump on board for this to work? Or have you guys found that the guests will find you? Well, I think it, it'll work for us for, you know, the lifespan of our restaurants. And, and that's that, you know, we, we, uh, we give, we deliver with, uh, you know, uh, when people come to our restaurant and we, we give them a good time, we give them an excellent experience and they pay us for that. And that's kind of the, the transaction that we have. It doesn't need to be, um, more than that. And, you know, we're, if that's, uh, you know, obviously not standalone cause there's many restaurants that, that have this, but you know, for us, if it, if that's, uh, just something that we, we roll, roll with as our individual business and that that's fine. But I think as an overall, you know, uh, if you want to have industry reform, because yeah, I do get embarrassed when I'm, I'm listening to someone on, uh, you know, a radio show talk about the, um, our industry and, and uh, the margins and the the failures of it and everything. And it's like, you know, I hope that now my friends are listening to that or family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and think I'm yeah. crazy. So it's like, yeah, you know, we do need a overall reform. I think, you know, I think it. You look at a lot of restaurants. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of fast food restaurants don't have tip and you know whatever they they're, those are those things. But you know, when you do have a service person, uh, you know, servicing your table and and. Uh, bringing food and, and topping up your water, topping up your wine or whatever. And, uh, you know, and, and then they're paid out as a tip as they're part of their salary for the restaurant, like, or as, um, they're paid a small wage and then they they make that up in tips. Like that's not really, it's not sustainable. And it's, it's very, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make anything work well. And so, um, you know, there needs to be change, but it definitely needs to be led by larger restaurants. I think, you know, more than a couple of small restaurants. Cause yeah, oh, who, it's just not work. who cares, you know, yeah. and, as, as much as, you know, we get a, a, you know, uh, interviewed on podcasts or, you know, in, in different magazines or whatever, but like, really that's not, 
that's not touching the amount of people that you really need to make an industry totally shift, you know, and they need to be brought on by uh, larger restaurants. I was just going to ask you, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, like just to enhance, uh, basically that, um, at least, at least what we're seeing through the course of this year is that the voice, you know, to play devil's advocate to your comment there, Eric, about um, doing podcasts and all that. Like, uh, I've I've not heard this much chatter about this topic um, ever since I've been here in Canada. Um, so the 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 topic's getting traction. It's getting a lot of people talking about it um, more so than than ever before, which is fantastic. So. Uh, all good, all good fights start start grassroots, um, and this is this is the thing. It'll uh, it'll only get louder, and the chatter chatter will increase. And you know, we we ourselves we have no plan of relenting on that chatter. Um, uh, I've you know I've um, chatted with a lot of other people, and just want to keep connecting it and growing it and getting that uh, topic uh, or getting getting the voice louder. Um, as far as uh, what Eric was saying about getting the big chains on—that's um, that's a hundred percent correct. But I think another really important thing is that we need to uh, see government um, intervention um, with uh, potential legislation that would sort of drive the change as well. Um, the eradication of the service, uh, the, the minimum server wage, needs to be uh, reformed and. Uh, increase and Sinopoli. I was having a, a chat with John Sinopoli about that uh, the other week over the phone, and uh, he touched on that as well. And basically, um, was talking about how uh, if we're able to make changes in in other areas um, with uh, reductions on taxes and and uh, that sort of stuff, uh, and then you get rid of that server wage increase, like basically make changes so that our business model is becoming a more sustainable business model from the standpoint of our profit margin. We okay, should, well, we should this not is, be held at that. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And this is something that you, you and I were speaking about before we started recording as well. Um, like the part of the problem is that the service industry does not have a voice in government right now. Mm. Um, so, Maybe that's kind of at a spot where we need to start, where we get a voice in government. Then, and and that's what I'm. I guess that's kind of where I'm going with this. Is if we, if it's a sort of universally accepted thing, then it's going to work for everybody. The guests is just going to get used to it, and um, and, and then we, and then then over time, everybody's just used to the new normal. Where, mm. but but until we sort of make it, I guess my concern is until we sort of make it a a more common thing. It's going to be really hard for the restaurants or bars that try to do it. And let's talk more specifically about bars for a second. Do you think that this, um, like right now, is this an easier thing to pull off for places that are chiefly restaurants as opposed to places that the majority of their income comes from selling alcohol? I don't. I don't have much uh, background in. Uh, yeah. Think about that one. Uh, you know, I. I, I tip at bars and yeah, I tip everywhere. So it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess I just think like when people are uh, like a menu item, like a food menu item, it's people know when they go to a restaurant, they're paying for, they're paying for what they get. Right. It, it's already the cocktail prices, et cetera, beer prices, 
wine prices have already like continually go up as they always have. Um, but I find there's way more pushback on pricing on alcohol than there is on pricing on food. Like because pe people will sit down, they'll be like, it's a fucking beer. I can go to, uh, the beer store and get a case of this beer for the price they're charging me or whatever. Like you hear that a lot as opposed to they know they can't go home and cook what you made them. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would maybe, maybe in certain restaurants there's, there's, you know, you, you're well, going to hope at your, at your two restaurants. <laughs> I suppose that that's the yeah. <laughs> but, but we, we, you still, you are still competing with, um, with, uh, everyone, pricing uh comp price comparing to what they purchased at the supermarket like you know when we first opened we would have people uh you know complain about the price of a steak and it's like you know i'm not yeah. making any money on that but right they're like well i can go and buy a steak for x amount of dollars at yeah wherever and it's like so you you do get that pushback sure. still but um, okay that's that fair comes like, back I, to devaluing not... too right this, yes and I'm not saying it doesn't happen for food. I just f feel like it happens more often for um, alcohol, yeah. just be just because there's a little, there's a slightly bigger level of ignorance of what um, it cost, what the cost that goes into making like an amazing dish, as opposed to like cracking open a beer for them. For sure, that, I think that would be the the one that you know is you know I can. I don't. I don't mean to rough feathers here, but you know, I kind of feel that sometimes too. You know, if you do, <laughs> go, if you do go to a bar and you get a a Miller High Life cracked for you, and then you hand, they hand it to you, and and then you you tip on top of that, it's like, well, that was a pretty quick little uh, exchange of money there. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, I I can see it there, but when you do have someone that's you know, it, if. And I, again, I don't know the the bar beverage pricing as well too. Like you know, as a pure like you know, a very much not food focused um, uh, establishment. It's like, you know, is that built into your uh, your pricing of drinks? You know, the the tip or is it uh, or the potential for tip or the server's wage as well too? Or is that kind of more just the the raw product a little bit? Yeah. So it's generally we like all all factor in. Um, the labor that goes into it because especially yeah. with cocktail culture now there's often a shit, there's tons. Yeah. shit ton of prep work that goes into yeah. it right like we're we're approaching on like back of house level of prep almost with craft yeah. cocktailing and yeah. so i factor that in but also like what i'm trying to tell the or get across to the guest is yeah it, you know why it costs more at my bar to get a drink than it costs to get one at crabby joe's is because you're paying for the ambience as well. Like yeah, that is yeah. part of what you're paying for. And it part of like how much money it costs me to build the fucking space. That's mm -hmm. nice yeah. for you to drink in. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that for us to sustain the business model, if we're if, like beautiful looking places cost money, mm -hmm. yeah. they cost money to build. And so we, that price needs to at some point get factored into what the guest is paying for. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with, you know, for us, it's, you know, on, on our side, it's, you know, I, I'm confident in the, the products that we're bringing forward for every guest. And, and if they do have an issue with it, like in, at least our restaurant, we have multiple chances to make that right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so, and if someone at the end of the day would rather go to Krabby Joe's because it's cheaper to eat there, mm -hmm. 
shit you know we tried yeah a dinner at our restaurant's not gonna change that it's you know that's and, true and so. so i think that's kind of getting back to what i was talking about earlier which is like i mean if if we can't get it across to the guests that you get what you pay for type <laughs> scenario and like are we just saying for these guests who like to use the the tip culture as a almost like a weapon or uh, then or or as a way to get a cheap meal or cheap drink by it's like well fuck it if i just don't tip then it's not that expensive then like are these just guests that either just simply need to be retrained or just need to go away uh i think yeah, yeah, I think a little bit of go away, but I think a, a lot of it comes on. Yeah, that's a, a little sprinkling of go away. That's a little <laughs> dusting of go away. That's <laughs> go away, but also, uh, you know, and that's, there's there's people people that, uh, you know, in every industry, across every industry that uh, take advantage of different things. So, but mm, that's, uh, that's, that's just ours, you know, and, and that's, our, that's our shitty thing that we got to deal with, but also... It's, uh, I think it's up to, you know, people that have a voice and people that have a, you know, a platform to talk about these issues, you know, like it, you know, and like Adam's saying, there is a lot more talk about it lately. And I think, you know, with that, you know, hopefully some, some of those people listen to that and, uh, kind of realize the implications of that, of their actions or, uh, or, you know, think twice about not tipping because, you know, they want to get a cheap drink or a cheap meal or whatever that, you know. It does. It does. Uh, for these restaurants that haven't switched to a no tipping structure, it's very much part of their their take home at the end of the day, and and you know you're you're jeopardizing that by uh, you know, acting that way. Mm-hmm. Adam, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, and especially as a a business owner and a chef uh, owner we're very susceptible to a a lot of pushback when we argue this point, mm-hmm. um, especially from the, the front of house side of things. Um, they, they see it as a personal attack. Um, they, they will push back because they feel threatened and feel as though we're, we're attacking um, when we're not. Um, we're just trying to look out for the for the betterment of the entire industry and and a, and a level playing field across the board. But education is key, keeping the talk alive, getting the right people talking about it. It's getting, you know, like um, Ariane, she's 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 doing a fantastic job getting uh, the argument out there and, and putting it out there mm-hmm. from a front of house perspective um, and POC and. And making making people understand and see how deep aspects of of the negative side of it, how deep they go. Uh, Dan, play a little devil's advocate from the guest perspective. Dan's like has worked a little bit in the service industry, but has definitely spent more time on the guest side. So, for the level of service, is the staff going to be as motivated to provide such an exemplary level of service necessarily when they're getting paid like such a set amount? What's the way I want to put it? Almost well, the, the lack of a reward for a good yeah. service, maybe. For what, for what other what other industry, like uh, you, you know, it's true. I don't, I don't, I don't tip my dentist, so that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't. <laughs> I probably should. That's though. Probably why you got such shitty teeth. Right. Like it's, I, I, I don't understand that that point of the transaction. You don't. Mm-hmm. 
if you're if you're like I'm I'm not driven by performing to another level in order to get more reward. That's not you know this is it's it's not like you you perform for a career you perform to get better and 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 grow through your career and your position and 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 you know learn and evolve to 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 grow within a, a business or a company or or the industry as a whole um i don't understand why we have to be stuck facing on this thing of i have to perform uh, at a certain level in order to get financial reward if my game's off i'm not going to get that we all make mistakes like if, if 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 you're being paid and rewarded as an industry professional based on your experience you sh- the, the financial reward from a table shouldn't be the only incentive for you to do your job properly okay but um, and i agree with you but since we've been in north america we've been so long under this structure are we talking about a complete retraining of the service staff as well to get to make sure that they're doing exemplary service when they're used to maybe I think this is what Dan's getting at when they're used to doing exemplary service for a specific financial reward? Do is that going to take a retraining? Or if you guys found in, in your restaurants that that's just been an easy transition for a server? I think for for ours, like you know, we we have had people that have come in and uh, you know, um, you know. Sure, like uh, some people can be like uh, our server staff. You know, we have very professional, very well trained server staff, and and people they have worked with us in the past. You know, they if they uh, choose to go work somewhere where they where they uh, make a lower minimum lower wage, but they can make more in tips, and and uh, that's what motivates them. You know, is they can they can do that. You know, the people that we do have with us are are very committed to you know their they're inspired by other things, the the benefits that we provide as employers and um, and the culture of our, our overall restaurant and the culture of the, the dining room as well, too, that, uh, you know, we don't have those people that are, are trying to take advantage of a server for the tip or, you know, kind of weaponizing uh, tipping. You know, we don't have that in our in our space at all. And, and our guests are played to our, our front of house staff. Our guests are, you know, played to our kitchen staff as well, too, because we serve food as well, too. So it, it's... Uh, uh, it kind of takes a, a lot of that toxicity out of uh, the works yeah, workspace right. for us, um, but you know, like there there is going to be people that uh, that want to work and are motivated, but purely by money because you know there's there's lots of different personality types across this industry, and, and you know if that if that's what's that's what they want to take out of this industry, and that's the what they want to go home with at the end of the night, then okay. You know, but you know, our our restaurant's not that space. So, so is it kind of just like a you know shitty employee in any situation? Like a, a shitty employee with a toxic work attitude has to go no matter what, right? Yeah, and and you know, I think that in our in our space at least that gets called out pretty quickly, and and you know they they don't work for us, so that's mm-hmm. and. It, it, it's, it's and I think that's the sense of pride as well, too. And that's the sense of, uh, you know, kind of reward for a lot of uh, people that work in our space as well, too, because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, shitty things that go on in this industry. So yeah. Yeah. is staff turnover less as a result of, of the the way you guys have structured? Uh, I'd say no. Turnover is going to be huge. Uh, yeah, really? I think I think our our. Um, 
you know, I would say that um, across our restaurant, you know, we do have, a, we do have, a, or we have had a high staff turnover in, you know, the early years of our restaurant. We've been open for three years now and, and, you know, definitely year one. Yeah. It was hard to just even find staff, uh, you know, cause we're in the countryside out in Niagara um, and we're a year round restaurant, not a seasonal restaurant. So it's, uh, it's tough to find people that are, are into that and bought into, you know, Hey, you're not going to be making tips this summer, you know, where you go down the street to a winery and, and, you know, make that. And, but then you're out of a job in January. So, you know, we're, we're busy all year round so we can, we can provide that to people. And, and I don't think, I don't think the tipping or uh, a lack of uh, financial reward has, has been uh, an issue for any sort of t- staff turnover. It could be the, you know, we, we work a lot of hours at a restaurant and, you know, it, I think that's more, more of that than uh, anything else. Adam, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, we're, I mean, we're so young still. Um, turn, like it is t- turnovers. It's a bane on our industry. Um, yeah. We, yeah, we went through, you know, we had, we definitely had staff turnover, um, but at the same time we had, we had staff that came on at the beginning that were still with us at the end. Um, And by the end, I mean the beginning (laughs) of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) The fucking end, isn't it? Like, um, <laughs> we 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 celebrated our and and Eric, you guys just celebrated your th- your India fourth year just the other day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't message you the other day, so congratulations uh, to you and thanks. all the team. Uh, but yeah, like it's. I think both of us have quite young restaurants, and you know you do have uh, turnover in those times because you you're kind of also trying to find your footing. Uh, sure. Yeah, but I think um, I can I can I'll let you talk. Sorry. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think um, tipping has had, had uh, very much to do with that. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's rampant in our industry, the, the turnover. And, you know, I think that uh, from tipping restaurants to non-tipping restaurants that I've worked in, yeah, it hasn't really affected too much. And most of our turnover has kind of been back house. So that's so Do you guys think that it has been... Um, more difficult to retrain the mindset of the guest or of the server in this situation? Or is it not been difficult for either? Because that's obviously possible. For us, we, we overthought it for about six months before we opened of like, where, where scenarios, where scenarios are going to happen? How are we going to defend this? How are we going to have these conversations table side while still being gracious or whatever? And, you know, day one, Hey, we don't take tips here. Okay, awesome. Like, and you know, you like once in a while you get a little bit of a conversation with it. But like, as far as the guests, guests are guests are absolutely thrilled to not spend as much money, uh, yeah. and so good level of service. And and so for us, is it's I guess that maybe points out that it's been a little bit more of a a training of staff. But you know, the staff that we've brought on in our restaurant, this is again like a very small percentage of the restaurant industry. Um, is uh you know they've been very committed to to their professionalism and uh giving guests an amazing experience so it's, it's it hasn't been too much of a, a pain point for us the, okay. the no tipping other than just you know kind of 
in job interviews or, you know, you have people coming doing a little bit of job shadowing and they, Hey, uh, what's going on with the tips here or whatever. And then right. you have the, that conversation and either they're, they're like, awesome. Uh, thank you for taking this on. And you know, this is something that needs to change. I'm going to work here now. Or they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go work at a steakhouse somewhere and, and, uh, you know, do that. And, and so, you know, if, the, if that's what they want to do, then they can do that. So, Adam. Yeah, I'd, I'd say um, for us, uh, we we did the pretty much the same thing. You know, I overthought a lot uh, leading into it and then um, it was a lot simpler than we expected. Um, majority of the time, uh, guests were completely on board uh, and supportive of it. Um, our staff were happy with it and we all uh we all work together and it's it's a fun um team environment like we all sit down together and talk and share ideas and um there's never there's never uh that moment of of you know when when tips come up in conversation like it just doesn't occur so we we're always um we're always sort of just flowing through uh um creative uh setting and um you know feeding off each other's uh creative ideas and and um pushing along like it's it's a completely different work environment to to the other one like it's been it's been really uh awesome to to have because it reminds me of back home right okay well i'll um I'm going to let you guys go after this, but I'll just give you kind of like one final sort of um, question and, and, and just say like what it, like if you were talking to everybody else in the service industry right now, bar and restaurant owners and giving them your pitch on why going to a no tip culture is the way to go. What would you say? We'll start with you, Eric, and then we'll go to Adam. Uh, well, I'd say that, you know, like anything in, in the restaurant industry and, and like any of these restaurant owners or operators, uh, you know, deal with a day to day is that there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of changes. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want to just, you have a lot of things that you need to overcome and, and fix during your, your day in a restaurant. And, you know, I think for us, we, we, we're not a perfect model. We we're working towards being a perfect model and, uh, you know, that's that's this is one part of it is that you know we we see and i think it's very hard to disagree with it that uh you know that tipping is not a a a beneficial thing to anyone uh you know overall across the restaurant maybe the few individuals that can and clean up with that with uh, very little experience or very little professionalism in their industry but or in in this industry but uh you know uh, overall for everyone's sake it's, it's not good. So, you know, we, uh, we're working to, to get that out. Uh, and, and it's not in our, our workspace and, you know, we, um, we wanted that to be across our whole industry. And so just slowly, but surely chipping away at things that are wrong. And then, you know, uh, everyone will have a better industry. <laughs> so okay. if everyone just adapts these things and, and, uh, like you can see with COVID, you know, not to go down that road, but how, um, how, creative and you know able to overcome and adjust and uh, make changes and flip a business model on our head that this every you know a lot of different restaurants in our industry were able to do 
like, you know, we we're full of, uh, brilliant thinkers and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, we can, we can conquer this one as well too. Okay. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Eric did a really good job touching on that. Um, uh, he really stole your thunder there. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Next time you go first, okay? And I'll just. Uh, <laughs> I would also say we as an industry need to, to face up and not be scared of the change of trying something new. We as an industry all have to accept that it's not perfect and we, we have to acknowledge that there is rampant issues throughout the industry from, you know, uh, sexist and, and highly inappropriate uh, behaviour that goes on that is toxic and demeaning and, uh, frankly, illegal, and that needs to be stopped. And, and, and that's from, you know, like from a sexist standpoint, a racial standpoint, and, and deeper. And if we keep turning a blind eye to all this sort of stuff, we're not doing any favours to our industry and we're not doing any favours to the the people that come into this. We're just setting them up and setting ourselves up for failure. So uh, we all need to acknowledge these facts. We all need to do our part to change these facts and do what we can to make this industry stronger and safer and more sustainable for the future and for the future generations that are coming into this. Yeah, that's well said by both of you gentlemen, yeah. and I really appreciate Absolutely. you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this, and 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 obviously this is a this is the future of the industry. I think is is everybody kind of moving to this model, and if anything, COVID's taught us that. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on and giving us your opinions on this. We really appreciate it. That was a great conversation. Thank you and, very much. Uh, best Thank of luck to both of you and your restaurants. Let's hope we all make it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.